Hello and welcome to the preview. My name is Christopher Gallagher and I'm joined by Alan Edgar. Hello, Alan. Hello, Christopher. Do you like my sultry, sexy voice? I do. It's quite concerning, actually. <laughs> what? It's stirring feelings that I never knew were there. Listen, open your mind, open your heart. Um, I've got a little bit of a cold, so apologies. Uh, we are here to preview the big game tomorrow, Celtic versus Rangers. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll look at that. Um Content-wise, on the website we've uh, on the website, well, soon to be website, we have had a lot of different things. The Cynic Chronicles I put up yesterday. It was yourself and Barry. Tell us a little bit about that because I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, we we took a look at the um, visit to Ibrooks um, when Scott McDonald scored the winner in two thousand and eight, um, and then after that, real high. We then had Dundee United at home and we conspired to blow a 2 nothing lead. So we took a look at that and put that into a bit of context and just um, just kind of reminisced a little bit. Um, good fun as always. So yeah. Yeah, it's worth a listen and um, can maybe give just a wee, just a little reminder that even if we do win these big games, it's you know it's a 38-game season. So Yeah, there was some scary parallels between that season mm. and uh, obviously us going into this uh, big game as well. So we can talk about that in a bit in context, as you say. Uh, the Glasgow Derby, A to Z of the Glasgow Derby, has been rolled out. We had A to D covered by Martin Friel. We had E to H covered by Frankie Mitchell. And Brian did I to L. The rest of them will be rolled out this afternoon and maybe one or two tomorrow morning as well, just to get you in the mood. Barry's got Z. So, wonder what that'll be. I specifically gave Barry Gallagher Z. Um, just here, you take, you just take this number uh, later. But yeah, so that's great. So that's the stuff that's on the site. We'll have a reaction podcast as well. Um, hopefully, I mean, we've got a stacked crew for the reaction podcast. It's everyone that's going to be at the game. We're recording at Allen's. We'll get it out as quickly as we can. Um, but also, I'm sure you'll just be, you know, in the mood because we all we're all be in the mood um, at that point. I'm very confident of that. It's it's quite funny though, isn't it? Because you've obviously we know we need we'll be doing that irrespective, and it adds a a different wee element to it because yeah yeah it's you, you want Celtic to win, obviously, right? That's the main goal of anything. However, there's that added pressure for us because it's like fuck, we're gonna have to talk about us this if we lose. Yeah, <laughs> and we've not thankfully we've I not had never to do that actually. Yeah. yeah, well, we've only done it once, uh, twice this season. Mm-hmm. So collusion, Livingston. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we can talk about that in a bit more. Um, so, Celtic versus Rangers, um, how are you feeling about it? Optimistic, yeah, I'm really good. We have obviously had a really tough run, but my performances have been good. Um, of course, it hasn't been perfect performance-wise. I think that's maybe been overplayed a little bit um, generally. Um, I think we could be more clinical, certainly, um, but... I'm feeling good about it going into it. I think the team's playing well. I think they're in good shape. We've managed to give rest where possible. Um, and I think we're going into it. I think at Celtic Park, it, that makes a huge difference. Um, yeah. Because, um, especially with the kind of new dynamic in terms of the home and away support, obviously, that seems to you know have a, have an impact. So I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling the same way I always do before these games, though, where you're, you're just nervous. Yeah. Um, you go from feeling really positive to then really thinking, oh God, what could happen? So um, absolutely standard, I. Um, yeah. I'll be looking forward, to be honest, I've been saying to everybody all week, I'm looking forward to getting it done with this week. Um, hopefully we're celebrating after. Um, but yeah, overall positive. I mean, it's kind of been hanging over us uh, d- December in general. Obviously we had the cup final and then usually after one of these games, you can kind of just get it off your shoulders and relax and think, well, we don't have to play th- play them for another two months or so. But after the cup final and how that went, uh, I think it's kind of affected everyone in that we really need to turn up here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's my big... If Celtic turn up and are bristling in form, um, it's a no contest. Now, anything can happen in football, of course, but all you want is your best players to turn up and to be on form. Anything other than that is, you know, lady luck and, you know, uh, you know, fused with technical proficiency and professionalism. And so I just, um, I, if Celtic turn up, I'm, I'm very confident as well. Um, how are you feeling about the left-hand side? Um, we had Keith McGinty at the press conference and he asked um, Neil Lennon about Mikey Johnson. Mikey, Mikey Johnson, obviously, 
has had injury concerns. Uh, Lennon, if you want to listen to it, you can go back to the Press Gang, which was released yesterday. Um, the whole presser is there, unedited, um, for your pleasure. Um, but Neil Lennon essentially said that if Mikey Johnson started against St Mirren, he would take no uh, place in the squad against Rangers, essentially. Is that a worry? I think it just highlights where Mikey Johnson's at fitness-wise. Um, I think he's the only player, realistically, unless there's a change in system, he's the only player that would come into the side. Um, I, I don't think there's really anyone else outside of the team that started midweek um, that that would really be vying for a place. Um, Mikey Johnson is that player. The only alternative to that would be, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, a potential change in system. But yeah. given that Nia Beaton hasn't really had minutes, um, including, you know, against St Mirren, I think that then tells you that he's unlikely to, to go with him as a starter. I think you would have been keen to get him some sort of game time. Um, so I think Mikey Johnson's the only option. But I, I do think we'll stick to the same side. Um, I, I think it, it really kind of picks itself. Um, but that's not that there's not competition. I just think that the guys that we've relied upon in the last you know four or five months... I think we'll, we'll go to them again and, you know, we'll ask them for one big performance yeah. and then go away. And then it's almost like a mini pre-season um, for the players this January break because you maybe get guys who've been out of the team. They've not been able to get in because every game's so huge. The games that are coming up are still huge as well, but you go away and you can try and impress again. You can get yourself back into shape. And I think you then, everybody, you know, you relax a little bit. Then you go into this little winter training camp and you come back and it's a whole new season again. Yeah. You think about the previous seasons, we've really excelled after the winter break, you know, particularly this calendar year. The form that we hit after losing at Ibrooks really took us away from Rangers again when it seemed so close. So, um, you know, you get a small break and then you just go again. I think one of the things that was brought up um, on the Cynic Chronicles, which was really excellent, as I say, was the fact that on 2008-2009 season, uh, we go to Ibrox and we win. Uh, that team had Koki Mizuno in it. It was fucking honking. But we win, and then we drop points mm -hmm. against Dundee United. Uh, I'm so glad we've came through December. Um, I mean, if we win against Rangers, it's a full sweep. It's really, really impressive, and it's something we can take into the winter break as well, I think. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> You think about the, the form that we've been in. We've, we obviously lost at Cluj in a game that had no meaning. Um, and other than that, it's, it's been exceptional. Trophy, um, some tough ties that we've navigated. But you look as well, though, we're still pretty close with Rangers. And over five, clear, they've, they've got the extra game. But yeah. it just shows you that that's the minimum requirements, you know. Um, Is this them at their optimum? It's the best that have been at in this new incarnation that they are, right? Um, I don't think there's any question of that. I don't think it's... Well, I mean, no, it's, I'm not bumming you, them up by saying that. It's just, do you think they can continue this or do you think they will have a dip at some point? Because we kind of had a dip. We went mm -hmm. to Easter Road and we drew, we lost to Livingston. Um, and, you know, that for us, that's, a, you know, two games. You know, what is it? You're three games away from a, um, yeah. a crisis. I, I, to me, I think this is them. And I think Steve Gerrard kind of made that, like, quite clear that they are clinging on by their fingernails at this point trying to hold on to us and that's them at their best mm -hmm. and so that gives me a lot of confidence that past January we'll put our foot in the accelerator and really just drive away I think I think as I say though it's a car reference uh, oh that's absolutely no use to me that one <laughs> lost you may as well make a video game reference video game um, I think after January as I say because it resets I think that then works both ways because you can come back and you might not have the same form or, you know, if you if you don't have a great December, you can come back and you can refresh and then actually hit the ground running again. So it can work both ways. So I would be probably, I probably wouldn't be too keen to make a prediction for either Rangers form or Celtics form in January because yeah. there's another factor in there as well and it's the window. And I think certainly I think Celtic will be looking to make additions in the window. I, I can't speak for Rangers, um, but I think that's really important for us as well. Whether you get that business done early, though, I, I'm not sure. January tends to be a little bit later. And you also probably don't make the big signings, you know, in January that, that make an impact. You know, I can think of, you know, Chris Commons, obviously, a couple of years ago was a really important January signing. Probably keen. <laughs> Robbie Keane, but generally your big marquee signings tend to be in the summer. You know, you think Edouard, Julien, Dembele, 
these are all summer signings. You tend to get the best players. January tends to be more guys who are to see looking through. to try and get maybe game time because they're not getting game time elsewhere. So um, I'd like to think though, that, I'd like to think though that we'd be using this January to prepare for the Champions League qualifiers because we're not we potentially not going to have Edouard for those qualifiers. Now I know we're getting off a little a, a little bit. So let's get let's get back to the game at hand because we will get we can cover this in January. Um the transfer committee lads will be all over it, I'm sure. We had a we had a brief meeting in the pub yesterday. Um that wasn't a meeting. That 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 was a baby. Aye. Aye, Sorry to break your heart, that is not a production meeting. Wait, you don't, firstly, you don't know what production meeting you can't, you start you keep banding this phrase production meeting about. Like, I heard, you know. I, I heard someone in BT say it, and I've been using it ever since. You heard it on the West Wing, probably. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Rangers. Um, so we need to. Are you going to put like a wee audio in after that as well, like some sort of abuse or something? No, I would never abuse you, Alan. No, not me. Rangers. Oh, Rangers. Boo. I'm concerned that you are concerned. Really abusing me now. Uh, no, I'd never. Abuse um, you. Aye, Rangers. Eh. So would you make it in? I mean, they are subhuman scum. Correct. Let's let, let's just get out of there. Right vile. from the off. Vile. Um, so we've been respectful up to this point. Yeah, we have been quite uh, respectful, and uh, as much as we are very technical and very professional in terms of these podcasts, fuck them. Agreed. Uh, aye. So I mean, one quick right, one quick question: Would any of their players get in our team? I don't think so, no. Um, I know people might make it up, but you look at it, obviously their best player is Alfredo Morelos. Um, and, and he is a good player, you know, he is. I don't think, you know, obviously we're, we're very tribal and whatnot, and I, I'm reticent to, to give them anything, but... He really is, folks. <laughs> you look at the position that he would then occupy in our team, and... The bench, of course. <laughs> I just... <laughs> He's just not going to topple, you know, what's in Edward. And you look through the rest of the, the side, and I don't think there's a position that you're looking there thinking, do you know what, I'd love a player of that ability. Um, right back, left back, no. Centre halves, no. Goalkeeper, no. Right across the middle, certainly not. And then the two wingers, um, probably Harry Bone Kent. They're not going to dislodge Ryan Christie, James Forrest, Moyel, you know, so. Um, no, I don't think there is. And I, and I don't really think that's a... You know, you see these, that's a horrible thing in BBC, you know, combined teams. I, I hate seeing a combined team. Do you know what? I really fucking hate it. Yeah. It just, A, it's a hypothetical, I get that. But also, this idea, you need to probably have like six and five or whatever. Nah, say if I want a team for Celtic players, I'll have a team for Celtic players. But also, I think they're the better players. But, that, but that's the thing though, like, so see when you have guys like Ian Ferguson and Alex Ray making, picking, you know, seven Rangers players and three Celtic players, right? right? I don't know. But, oh, it probably would be, wouldn't it? but like, you know what? I kind of get that. I almost respect that, right? Because they know they're not as good as us, but they're not going to give us the props. Mm -hmm. But see, when you get fucking legitimate sources, like, you know, journalists who are saying, well, you know, this player would get in, Tavernier would get in ahead of, or X, Y, and Z. It's just like, and again, this is where I come back to, and I know I kind of ran off. To me, that shows there's an agenda because, see, as if nothing else, see, as just a, a, a die in the wheel football fan, they don't come close. And it's all that this idea, well, of well, there's a title race now, and as I said, this is them working at their absolute optimum, and us not necessarily hitting the form that you know we'd like to see maybe post post break. They can't touch us. What changed uh, with the cup final? Alan, we did the we did the analysis, mm -hmm. um, uh, which you can go back and to listen to. I don't know if that's maybe something you want to do, you know, this evening, and you know, have a listen and see what what Alan and Christian's take on it were. Spoiler alert: We win the game. Just Spoiler, case, yeah, yeah, because we're the best. Um, but what did they do differently, or did they do dif something differently, and we just didn't turn up? What did Rangers do differently? Yeah, from the game before, I, I don't think they did a lot differently. That you know, Rangers are a real possession based team. Um, you would expect that in Scotland, but even in Europe. Um, you know, against the games that they had against Feyenoord, Young Boys and Porto. Um, they were, a lot of the time they had, you know, over 50% possession, you know, and they're playing, playing better sides. Um, Hamden, lion share of possession as well. So they like to have the ball, they like to move it around. I think the one thing that they sometimes may struggle with is it can be creating opportunities consistently. Um Obviously, Morelos can create quite a lot for himself. He can make things happen. But sometimes there's maybe just that lack of um, penetration 
Yeah. Um, and I had highlighted this in the preview for the cup final. Um, an actual fact, obviously, it was a bit of a shellacking, really, um, for us. Still win the cup. Um, <laughs> but obviously, it was. It, it, we were really, really poor. So I don't think Rangers did anything differently. I think the problem for us was that for 60 or just under 60 minutes of that game, we really, we like, we've talked about Neil Lennon's variety in play. We weren't able to do that though because we didn't have a focal point. Yeah, so I think that's whilst key. a yeah. short passing, you know, actually we got the ball down quite a lot and we weren't able to link up. And when the short passing wasn't on, when we did go long, we just didn't have an option, you know. Lewis Morgan, no harm to him um, because the service up to him wasn't great. But what we're used to seeing with Celtic is, is that if they, they don't have a short option on, if they are able to go relatively direct, and I don't yeah. mean aimless long balls, but they're able to get the ball directly into Edwards or in and around him at least. And then things can happen off the back of that because A, he's, he understands what his role is when he's you know, 40, 50 yards from goal, how he has to then connect that 30-yard gap so that we can work opportunities. And I think because we weren't able to do that in the cup final, it really, we almost ran out of ideas. Um, we, we we weren't able to get the ball forward into dangerous positions and it just kept coming back. And that's really what happened in the game. When the game goes down to 10 men, it can be then difficult to take lessons from that because at that point you do have to change entirely. But that was the problem. If we were to play that badly tomorrow, I'd be really surprised. I would yeah. be really surprised. But also... I would be a little bit concerned because I know that people will maybe be a bit frustrated with Aberdeen, the St. Marin games, etc. But we've been creating a lot. We and really have been, been creating we've been a lot winning as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I think that Edward has been working himself back up to fitness. Um, Looked really sharp against St. Marin. Really yeah, sharp. Yeah, absolutely. And what you've got to remember is as well that he is really still, he's still properly working himself back to full fitness. Um, I'd looked at it and I'd looked at Edward last week and the last time we played 90 minutes for us was before the international break. Yeah. You know, so it kind of highlights that he's still, he's not quite there because you, you're trying to, obviously it's about making sure that you have him for this period as well, but um, the difference at Hamden when he came on, you know, obviously it was an instant impact. Wins a foul, we score from there. But then after that as well, it creates a great opportunity. He, he, he makes us, I really do think, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that the, the talent level he has is just incredible. Um, and I think having him back and having him available is really the game for us. Um, in terms of Rangers, I, I think their, I think their side almost picks itself. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, looking at it, the likely lineup I think would be McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Katic. Obviously, Hollander's out with some sort of bizarre foot injury. Um, the likes they've never seen, really? apparently. Well, is the doctor really a doctor then? Yeah. I've never seen this. But his he's, he's sprained his ankle. I have never seen that. His name is Dr. Nick Riviera, of course. Hi, everybody. Um, I don't know that one. So, McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Katic, and Barisic at left back. Um, Barisic was honking against us in the cup final um, in terms of his delivery. Yeah, I, I think it's... What you get a lot of the time is Rangers do put in a lot of crosses, um, but they don't necessarily do it from areas where you would think that a cross from five, ten yards inside your own half. I don't, I, I'm always wary of what we see in these podcasts because I don't want to ever listen to it back and think I've tempted fate, but you know that really isn't a dangerous area. That's not a cross where you would think that's a real concern. So if we limit them to crossing from those areas, then I would be quite content with that. Um, and I think that's what you've seen. Um, across the middle, Arfield, Jack, Kamara, and then... <laughs> Arfield. Yeah, they've been talking about it all week, This the fact that he's dropped now into this middle three. Um, th there's a potential Davis could come back in for it, but I think they'll go with that. And then Aribo, uh, Morelos, and Kent, you know, do you think they, three. Do you think they'll potentially bring Davis in specifically for this game, though? Do you think there's the option of that, maybe? I think there is. It's more just whether they drop Arfield out, because um, I don't think... I, I, th I think it would be unlikely they would drop Kamara and they won't drop out. Took Kamara off last in the cup final when he was one of their best players. Um, that's the cup final there? Aye. Aye. I, I think when you're going for goals, though, the greatest respect, again, he's not... If they go for he's goals... He's not a creative midfielder. If they go you know, for goals against us... We'll line them up. <laughs> I, I was waiting for it. No, is that it? I just, that's it's disappointing. Use, no, use your, use your imagination. I wanted you to say it. Um, so I, I, I think we know what they're going to do. They, 
they took their big shot at us in the, the cup final and we just about managed to stay up. Um, and I, what I'm really expecting is, is a real performance from us tomorrow. What I would like to see is, uh, maybe jump a bit ahead, but I'd like to see us take the game away from them tomorrow. Yeah. Um, like, uh, and, and I think I would be really throwing down the challenge to particular players in our team um, and I would be challenging them to show us something. Um, because you won the game against them in the cup final, that's all that matters. I would then be maybe winding them up a little bit as well, though, saying, do you know what? They got the better, yeah. You did get outplayed. Um, You know, I'd be challenging guys on the one-on-ones. I'd be looking, thinking, you know, guys like Scott Brown. I'd be looking at him saying, ah, you you let Ryan Jack get the best of the last game. Um, Yeah, you won the game, and you you can tell yourself that's all that matters all you like, but you know you get outplayed. You know, I'd be saying that to guys, maybe challenging them a little bit. I should say, we should say that um, Ryan Jack's an idiot. Oh, I, I think that uh, we need to throw some. We need to throw a few bits in. That's, <laughs> what, that's what I'd be doing, though. I, I really I, think, and I, Neil Lennon strikes me as a manager that would, would that would do that as well. That would be laying, you know, laying that down front and saying, ah, you, you can talk all you like, but you, you got yourself outplayed. Are you going to allow that to happen yeah. at home in front of, you know, fifty nine thousand Celtic fans? You know, you but tell me. This is for them. I think this is really dangerous in terms of. Scott Brown and Callum McGregor specifically feeling maybe feeling like they need to prove a point because uh you know they didn't play particularly well in the last game mm-hmm. and I think for us that's that's really great and for them uh, they can't play much better than they did in the League Cup final. They could play worse and win, you know that's the ah, thing. yeah that, that's football. Um, yeah, you're but... absolutely right, but yeah I, I would be really looking. At, I think I'd be really looking and saying you need to. You need to be better all over the park, Celtic. You know, every single player, I think, needs to be better all over the park. Um, and now that you've got your top striker there, I think that's, you know, I've, I've looked at Canary as a weakness and I really think that Odson Edwards lining up against either Katic or Goldson, if you can get the ball into Edwards' feet anywhere in the Rangers' half and Goldson follows him in, I would Space. really fancy my chances there. You know, if we are defending, I can see where the temptation would be to try and let Rangers come on to you a little bit and then try and spring the ball um, because I think when you get Goldson out with that penalty box and out with maybe five yards anywhere around it, I think when he goes beyond that, he starts to get really uncomfortable. And that's where Eddie operates so well. You know, we've, we can talk about how good he is in the box and how cool he is at finishing. He's a, we've said that a million times, I think, this week, but he's the he is the primary playmaker in our team at the moment. Yeah. He is the one who makes chances. Um and I think then getting guys like Christie and Forrest playing off of him, I think can cause Rangers real problems. So it would be for me that would be what I would be looking. I would be looking to when we are defending, can we get the ball from you know, when we do pick it up, when we do recover possession, can we get the ball you know, safely into Edwards' feet? And if you can, then play that pass and then watch things happen around it. You know yeah. that, that's what I would be looking at as. From de- defensive to you know defensive transitions going forward, that's what I would be thinking is a real, real area of weakness for Rangers. Does Goldson remind you of Gordon Petric? Um, like how he plays? Aye, very, um, very uncomfortable, quite ungainly. Yeah, um, when he's in that penalty area, like he, he just you know get the ball away, clear it. Um, but he also looks like him a wee bit as well because they're both ugly. What he does like is a wild swipe as well, um, Connor Goldson. So. Eddie, when he in the cup final, when Eddie comes on, the first thing that Conor Goldson did I was absolutely. Uh, well, remember the one later on where he uh, oh, set up the, he, he tries to nail him and doesn't quite get him. Um, so, I, I would probably expect something like that tomorrow, um, and I would think that that would be Rangers' game plan. Um, I think for them it's quite simple. They will try and get the ball into Morelos's feet and try and watch things happen off Morelos, and they'll be looking for performances from Kent and Aribo. Um, Does this also this narrative that um, you know he's eventually going to score against us at some point? Who who says who says that? We'll see tomorrow, I guess. No, but do you know what I mean? I know. I just stupid. These stupid statements. You look nervous. I'm, I'm always nervous going into these games. I absolutely. I, I just don't like saying things that. I, I know. No, I, I, I don't either. I'm sorry. Um, I take it back. Aye. You, you, no comment from me. No comment. You like? Um, well, we'll get to that actually. Um, in terms of fi- what final point on them? Um, scum. Scum. Subhuman's come. But Tavernier. Um Yeah, Jamesy will be up against him tomorrow. 
Um, most likely if we kind of go with what we have been going with and obviously Bolly. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we all know where Tavernier's flaws are and, you know, we know where his strengths are, his delivery from set pieces. Um, so I think what you've got to do is, is when he does, you've got to see how honest he is in tracking back because Forrest isn't going to, I don't think you, you really want James Forrest to be having to track him all the way because it's not his strength. He did it very, very well in Lazio. Other than that, it tends not to be his strength. So I would be looking for us to pass on a little bit. Yeah. I don't really want to see James Forrest fall in Tavernier all the way back. I think what I'd ideally like to do is if Tavernier is going to go outside and really press on, you would be looking to then swap, you know, and whoever's deeper, you know, if Aribo drops in, try and get Forrest to pick him up. I, I don't want to have to rely and tracking man for man um, and we kind of ended up doing that in the cup final and I think it was to our detriment so I want to see James Forrest in the front foot going forward um, and we know that you, you can always get something from Tavernier he's not that switched on you know, if you can get a ball into Edward and James Forrest running off him I would not be confident of James Tavernier always tracking Forrest's run or even McGregor's run and that's that's where we can create yeah positionally I think he's weak um and I, I think he's similar with Barisic as well, in fairness. Yeah. I think that's why James, um, James, I think that's why Stephen Gerrard didn't rely on him for such a long period because I don't think defensively, he, he likes going forward, his delivery, etc. Like we all like similar going forward. We all like going forward. Pressing forward, forging ahead. Forging ahead. Um, let's talk about the mighty, the glorious, the magnificent, the incredible, our favourite, your favourite, Glasgow Celtic. Um, so there's been a lot of chat about um, how we're going to line up. <coughs> yes. There's been a lot of chat about um, our left-hand side. I mean, we opened with that because it is kind of the, the biggest hot topic. Um, Ryan Christie, a lot of people are saying... Ryan that, does. Ryan, of course. God, Stu. Uh, Neil, uh, I was talking to Ryan. <laughs> um, but right, a lot of people are saying that you don't get the best from Ryan Christie when he's put out wide. I would happen to agree with that. However, it doesn't mean to say that he can't still be very, very effective. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, there's a sort of idea that if you, I don't like playing players out of position, but you know, it doesn't mean that they're going to play badly if they're played out of position because they're all, these guys are, they're all so technically good. They're all interchangeable in terms of positionally. Um, I got a lot of confidence in Christie playing out wide. And I also, I think we, we met, asked, Neil Lennon about the idea that, you know, playing a player out of position and how that would affect the opposition because they don't know what Christie's going to do um, because he's, they, maybe they're not they're not used to playing against them. Um, a wild card. Wild card. Er, excellent way uh, to put it. Um, uh, so the ninth match of December, yep. which is incredible. One last 11 league matches. So we're on an amazing uh, stretch Um Dropped five points in total, was that this season? Yes. Right, Aye. okay. That's not a lot. No, it's not. Um, generally, that would have you a bigger lead as well, but that's just the nature of the, the league this season. Yeah. Um, so, in terms of who's unavailable, Elia Nussi, um is unavailable. He won't be back um, until after the break. Hayes is back in training, um, and MJ is available. Um, Neil Lennon mentioned that at the press conference. In terms of MJ, you're more likely to see him off the bench. Yeah, I, th I think he's the, probably the only candidate, really, to... He's the only, the only game-changer we have, really. I, I think he's the only player that could force his way into the eleven, unless there's a system change. I really do. I don't think there's anybody else that would be in the squad that you would See, be thinking... See, if Hayes is fully fit, do you think he'll play him tomorrow? No, I don't think he will. But we'll see tomorrow but I don't think he will I think I think it'll be Bolly. I thought he played really well against him and I thought defensively in the first half he was really really good um, but you know I, I, that's a discussion that we've had yeah. so many times and I probably I feel like I don't have the energy to do it anymore oh, um, okay. just people that think I mean some of the tweets I've read about some of them are Bolly. I mean right. someone called him an imposter um, people saying he's a bomb scare and, and do you know what it's just See if you think he's got flaws, I, I can accept that. But see, you, when you use expressions like imposter, I mean that suggests that he's genuinely not trying, not, not trying, or he's not even he's not at the level to even be at the club. And you know he's been, he's really been fantastic. Um, he's been so consistent for us as well. Um, and and we've covered him so many times when we've 
looked at games retrospectively. He's always a player that we look at and say, Do you know what, some of his movement is exceptional in creating opportunities and creating space for the technicians in the team. So that's um, that's the yeah. thing. That's the I thing. I think is, that's why he plays. That that's the thing as well. His movement off the ball absolutely disrupts the oppositions because you don't know whether he's going to draw. And it's the same with Rimpong as well. That's quite, Having such dynamic mm-hmm. fullbacks and yeah. so interchangeable in terms of coming inside and coming outside. Both, both sides of the ball as well, you know. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we, we talked about Lustig and we talked about Tiernan. We t- you know, they were obviously fantastic footballers and, you know, part of the treble treble and, you know, fantastic. But, you know, Lustig was getting to the point where he was becoming a little bit predictable. Um, and Tierney obviously had injuries towards the end of you know end of his spell with us. To to replace them with two genuinely top quality players and young, um, I think Celtic should be commended for yeah. it. Um, we criticise them a fair bit most of the time, rightly so. But I think you know if you look at that, if you look at this team, um, so this is the team that you believe is the the light lineup, mm-hmm. and I. Absolutely agree with you. Foster and goals, Frimpong, Julian, Ayer, Bolly. Is that the best defence we've had since? I don't know. It's a very, very good defence. Um, it really a- is. Uh, it's, but on, as, as I keep going on about, it's really good. I mean, you think of some of the tests that have come through this year. Lazio away. Um, Rangers away. away. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Bolly, probably a standout performer at Ibrox. Um, but what this defence has also got is as players. Julian's contributed goals, Frimpong's contributed with goals, Chris Ayer's passing forward is exceptional, Bolly's direct passing into Edward's really important. I, I think it, it's hard to think of a better defence that we've had, but I'd like to see more of it before, yeah. you know. We might have better individuals in terms of, you know, one-on-one, you know, Julian versus, you know, Virgil van Dijk, for example, but in terms of a unit, mm-hmm. I just think yeah. all five, um, solid, I can't think of a better defence we've had in quite a while, and I'm confident that they are, they all know their job. I think that's a very key point. You can have four great, great defenders in there, but, you know, if they're running around like headless chickens and they don't know when someone's going to press and someone's going to drop, then you're in trouble. Um, and Chan Brown and McGregor, uh, uh, do you think it will be likely to be a three? Um, yeah, see, this is a kind of other thing. Obviously, we talked about the idea maybe of a three-five-two um, a couple of weeks back and kind of felt as if I'd sold myself on that a little bit. The fact that Beaton's not done any game time since then makes me probably think that we're not going to see a radical shift. Um, but I think what we might see is a flatter three as opposed to a 4-2-3-1. Um, against St Mirren, it looked to me more like a 4-3-3. Yeah. Um, I, admittedly, I've not had the chance to to watch it back um, fully. But I think you might see almost kind of trying to match Rangers up a wee bit more tomorrow as opposed to having the sitting two within Cham as a 10. I think you might try and leave that 10 space clear for Edward to come in and, and drop. work in there. Um, see, when that happens, what happens with Christie and Forrest? Do they just stay in their position or like, because nah, do they, they drop in? But a lot of the time they'll come in field, um, especially... You know, James Forrest has always done that from the right-hand side. I think when you put him out on the left, he's probably going to then have more of an inclination to keep doing that and coming inside. Um, and that's what you want, because they're both really, really technically gifted players. And as, as I always say in a lot of our podcasts, the best players always play in the middle of the park. You know, yeah. that's where you operate. That's where, that's where the action is. Um, you can work in tight spaces and you can make things happen. So... Um, they'll come inside and then it gives up maybe that space for Bolly and Frimpong to be forward as well. By the same token, if they do stay out wide, then you would be looking for support coming from... And Cham and McGregor. And Cham and McGregor. And Cam McGregor's really good at it as well because he always wants to play a pass and then keep moving. Yeah. Um, so I think that's... I think you might see that tomorrow. Um, and obviously then that puts a responsibility in, on, in Cham to, to pick up one of the Rangers midfielders as well. Um, so... I think we might see is kind of matching Rangers up tomorrow, you know, in that kind of 4-3-3. Wow. Um, how do you think that will affect how we play? I think it just simplifies the game. Um, you know, I think across the middle, it makes maybe a press a little bit more direct. It makes that a bit more straightforward. I feel as if a press has dropped off a little bit. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is maybe an impact of the Christie shift, but we'll, we'll talk about that a lot more, bit more in just a minute. But I think then if you know... You know, you know how Rangers are shaping up, and if you're identically shaping up, I think it then you really shouldn't have the situation where you've got players with a lot of space. I felt as if at Hamden we allowed Rangers a lot of time in the ball, so they would pass the ball, then they would go and press. Whereas traditionally, of what we've seen 
you know, with Celtic is that actually we're on them right away. You know, it's easier against easier teams, of course, but you want it. You don't want them to pick up the ball. Then you go and press. You really want to be pressing to cut off options. Yeah. Um, to make it harder for them. Like Ibrox. Exactly. Yeah. Um, really, really cut off every option so that when guys do have the ball, they're looking up and they start to start to worry a little bit, as opposed to give them an option because then it's a reactive press. Yeah. And that's just it's never anywhere near as effective. Yeah, you maybe get more numbers behind the ball. But you then start to allow teams to play, and that's when a possession-based team like Rangers will probably enjoy that a little bit more. So see the press that you're talking about there? That means we have to kind of be a little bit higher up. <coughs> yeah, you want to be higher up, and you really want to be quite aggressive in it. Um, oh, I'll give you aggression, don't you? Like that's I'll come after. on the fucking park, and I'll give them fucking some aggression. I don't think that's what we need. I think we need controlled aggression. So what you're saying is, uh, me going on the pitch to press Rangers players, it's not what we need. You're not saying it's illegal. I mean, you're not saying that, like, from a... Rules point of view that I can't do it. Just get an idea of you running on the pitch now, but not you know confronting Rangers players, but just you know, pressing them literally as if you know as if you are a player. Just going up, you know, going up and running quite close to them, then dropping back off. And, uh, you, you've taught me well. Alan, you might you have, it might make you look like you've had a breakdown, which you know it's been a long year for you. I've not been to Dundee in my underpants yet. So, um, in terms of uh, the bit, as we mentioned, the Christie um, Forest yes. scenario. Um, Thoughts on it? Well, I think everybody's... I think it's probably the biggest talking point. People have talked about our rhythm, our flow, um, and how we're playing. We're winning games, yes, but, you know, Forrest on the left doesn't work. Christie on the right isn't as effective. And in Cham, you know, it's... I don't think... I think you probably... It's fair to say that a lot of people aren't, don't feel that's our best side. You know, people want AMG in, which, you know, I can entirely get that purely because he's a fantastic footballer yeah. to watch. But it seems... It's very anecdotal. Um, and you know what? That, that, that's absolutely fine. I would probably be inclined to say that I'm not sure it's our best as well. But you know, I had a look this morning. Um, Matt Rain um, had you know, said last night he, he, was, he had some numbers on it and, and he's published an article today um, that really just boils it down to the numbers. Yeah. Um, and it's actually quite... It's fairly positive. So... Um, you know, this this the, is also to do with... You know, the, the forest not playing particularly well, or how that's yeah, perceived. Yeah, that's it's probably more about it's probably more about the shift for Ryan Christie. So he's broken down Ryan Christie's um, the difference between his central productivity versus him playing as a winger, um, and and he, he is at pains to point out that it's a relatively small sample size, which is obviously quite important. But we can only work with what we've yeah, got at the moment. That's it. Um, so with Ryan Christie. Excuse me, um, Celtics, when he plays wide, Celtics XG difference. So looking at when Ryan Christie's played wide, Celtics XG difference is 2.03, um, which is really, really good. And when he plays centrally, it was 1.4. So, you know, obviously there's so many other factors within that, but the idea that we're not as productive when he's, out, yeah. when he's wide doesn't really, isn't really borne out by the numbers. Um, and it just probably... I don't know. It's always important to have the numbers. So when we listen to the analysis, I, I like watching the games. I really, really enjoy watching football. And I'd rather re-watch a game two, three times probably than dig into the numbers just because that's a personal preference. However, you do need to see the numbers because there are so many little things that you might pick up on that, as I say, are anecdotal. Um, and the numbers do look positive. So it's almost just like a little... It might just temper a little, you know, Matt says at the end of his article and he's quite right that it won't change people's opinions but it might just then say well do you know what maybe maybe we are working as well and maybe it's just that we're going through tough games or, or maybe, maybe looking at other factors with regards to James Forrest um, I think everybody's he's, he's another player that I think when everybody knows I love James Forrest let's just do it um, and, and that's fine you know I, I know I've got an entire blind spot there probably so um, you're allowed you're a you're a Celtic fan, you're allowed to have a Absolutely, I've got millions of them, millions of them. But I, I don't see, I think he's had a couple of poor games recently. I, I, I would you know, be quite honest with that. I think that he's not been as impactful as he has been. But that's what happens when you're such a consistent player. Um, so this obviously last year he got player of the year and everybody agreed that he was superb last yeah. year. Um, Matt's looked at the numbers again for James Forrest this season, per 90 numbers as well. Um and is 
XG. It's, he looked at XA as well, but we'll just stick with XG. Keep it, keep it kind of relatively simple. If you want, you can go and look at the article in Modern Football. But his XG this season is 0.43 per 90 minutes, whereas last season, his player of the year season, it was 0.35. So it, he's, he's performed better looking at the underlying numbers than he was last season when he was given player of the year. Now, I've played a lot of games this year, but you know, his goals and assists, again, are, are just incredible this year. And if, when you're going and you're playing Rangers, you need your top players. And one of the accusations that's levelled against James Forrest, which I kind of feel like dropped off a lot now, quite rightly, is that he doesn't play well against Rangers. Grabbed himself a couple of goals against Rangers and he's assisted in Cham in the fixture last year. Yeah. Um, a lovely cutback. So... um. I think you you need him to play well, and, and it looks like you know his numbers don't look like they're dropping off a lot when he's playing the left. I thought against St Mirren, he had an awful first ten minutes, awful. But then after that, he was he was superb, and he looked really really good coming inside with the ball. He wanted the ball a lot, and he was looking he was very aggressive, and when he did get the ball, um, so you know looking at that, I actually suggest that maybe it's not as big a crisis having Ryan Christie wide and James Forrest left, and as you say. If you've got MJ in the bench, if it isn't working, you've got someone who can really impact the game and can lift the crowd. I think Mikey Johnson's one of those players that see when he comes on, you think this is this is somebody who can make something happen here. You know, if you do need a goal, by the same token, and I think you might even mention it in a lunch club, I think. If Mikey Johnson doesn't come on at any point tomorrow, I would be a very happy man. Because if Mikey Johnson, if we don't need to go to Mikey Johnson, we are winning the game. Yeah. So if Mikey Johnson doesn't get on the pitch tomorrow, I think I'd be a happy man. And that's not against him. Yeah. Um, do you think that he's the only... If you look at that bench, he's the the main game changer? Yeah, I think he is. Um, there's guys on there who have done it for us previously, but probably aren't you know, firing at the moment. Tom Rogic, Lee Griffiths. Um, so Would there be any chance that Rogic could start tomorrow? I, I don't think so. No, no I no, really don't think so. Um, no. Um, listen, Edouard, Edouard, French Eddie, we're running out of superlatives. Um, he's just fucking brilliant. And if he, if he's really sizzling tomorrow, then, you know, it's like the Death Star, um, pointed at Tatooine and that he's going to not fuck at them. I've not got a clue what that means, but I'm assuming it's positive. Yes. Um, I just, I, he's, he's something else, and do you know what? We've, we've talked about in the start. He's, if he plays well, I think Celtic will play well, and I think he's he's the best player in our league, yeah. um, and I think he will at one time be the best player in another league as well, but I hope it's not for many years. Uh, check out Matt Rain's article, Back Pass Rule. Uh, Matt is uh, get a terrific taste of music if you're, uh, if you're interested. I like his opinions in football primarily because you know me. Um, in circles? Yes. Um, yeah, so check them out. Check out Modern Football as well. Um, and uh, yeah, so you want to talk about uh, pre-match build-up? Yeah. I'm, um, I'm excited. Well, you, we all know it kind of gets ramped up a little bit in the, the week leading up to, to this game. Um, obviously, we had Keith attending um, yesterday morning at Celtic Park, a very early one. Um, and that's on the press gang. I think it was out yesterday. Yeah. Um, so I listened to that. Um, and I was quite interested because it's quite clear that um, Jane Lewis of the, I think she's with the BBC now, um, quite clearly wanted either James Forrest or Neil Lennon to say that going eight points clear would Kill the title be, race. be the title race over. Um, and it became a little bit tiring, to be honest. Um, now I get that you want that quote, understand how it works, understand that they want a really snappy article. By the same token, you can ask as many times as you like. It, it, they weren't going to say it. Neil Lennon was quite clear that he he, did, he wouldn't even be drawn on what a loss would mean for Rangers. Start, you need to ask Stephen Gerrard that. Started to get frustrated as well. Yeah, I, um, I think so. And um, rightly so. Um, and James Forrest as well. Um, very, very good when it comes to the media because he just says nothing. Um, <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah. You almost get the impression he really just doesn't like doing it. Oh, no, um, yeah, totally. Really doesn't like doing it. Um but that, that, that came across a lot. Uh, you mentioned earlier Neil Lennon's remarks about Mikey Johnson. I found that a little bit interesting as well because we, we mentioned it briefly earlier, but I think that's the only reason there's maybe a, a very slight chance Mikey Johnson starts because he couldn't play two 90 minutes 
in a week. But maybe he, but could, he, play maybe he could play one. Yeah. And he did go to him. He looked sharp when he came on. So I think he's the only um, candidate there. And he started um, against uh, Rangers at Ibrox and was mm-hmm. influential in the goal. So there'll be a lot of people who... Beautiful reverse pass. Superb. Really, really... Yeah. People don't talk superb. about that enough. No, <laughs> because everybody wants to see dribbling pass players. Um, but there's there's more than one way to, to skin a... Hun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... We don't condone violence, by no, the way. No, we don't. Just, we don't. Uh, say um, not in this... Not in this podcast. Not this specific podcast. <laughs> and others. Um, Keith didn't attend the Rangers press conference as well. Which he did, he was disappointing. No, he did not. So he went to the Celtic one, but didn't go to the... Very poor journalism, no, yeah, Keith. No, no balance, Keith. Exactly. No balance. Disappointing. Um, but I did see that Connor Goldson um, had reportedly said, uh, quote, we had the belief before the cup final. Since I have been here, every match has been tight and we have never been outplayed in a derby. I'm not sure that's entirely true. He's got a four on two record in derbies, so he's lost four of them. Wasn't he part of the team that we scudded five nil at Parkhead? No, Connor Goldson was a Gerard. Oh, he's a Gerard signing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but of course. Given as well, he was the player who gave the ball away in the the game earlier this season at Ibrox. I, I, I probably wouldn't be too quick to say we've not been yeah outplayed. But again, it's just this pre derby. You know, players, the, the less you say, the better as a player. I mentioned it with James Forrest. See if you just say nothing. It's really hard to spin quotes. But why, do, like, what I don't understand is why would Gerard just not not say to them beforehand, say, look. Be dull. Be dull. Don't say anything stupid. Maybe he did. Just maybe don't go into it. Just, maybe yeah. just if you get asked about the game, just say, yeah, we're really looking forward to it and we, we're, the lads are right up for it and we hope to give the fans something to cheer. Yeah, and I know simple. people think, oh, he sounds just dull. See, the dull football players, they don't get misquoted or yeah. they don't really then end up splashed over the back pages. So um, we listen there. We listen. You'll be getting plenty of them tomorrow. You'll, <laughs> you'll be licking your wounds on Monday. So uh, you want to talk about the bizarre... Thoroughly bizarre piece of journalism today. Well, I think it's a late entry for, uh, I mean, I don't know if the Daily Record have ever won a Pulitzer. However, um, this Gary Alston's piece in the Daily Record was, I mean, I read it first thing this morning and it, it was actually the huddle board that yeah. we had seen it from. And I thought, I wonder if it's been tweaked a little bit. Is this legitimate? It's mental. It is mental. It, it really is. So if you haven't read it and you're kind of wondering, you might want to pause this and go and well, read it don't. and then come back because it's an effusive piece about Alfredo Morelos and his contribution to the game and also how disgusting um, a country Scotland is. If, which, if, if you're just kind of getting to the... If you think Scottish football is a bastion of um, anything other than rivalry, tension, hate, then do you know what? You've, you've not been to enough games. Here's the other thing. If you do believe that Scottish football is, uh, you know, filled with racism and sectarianism and bigotry, why are you bringing it up now? Why did yeah. you not bring it up when, you know, our players were getting attacked on the pitch? Why are we not bringing it up when they were singing, uh, you know, the famine song? Why are we not bringing it up when Aidan McGeady was booed in every stadium that he set foot in? Mm. All of a sudden, it's, you know... I just if Morelos was Scottish, they would be erecting a statues of him outside Hamden. I mean, I don't think they would. But like, that just that's just factually. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Hamden has statues outside it. Um, I was outside Listen, we're not gonna very put, recently. We're not going to put Kenny Dalglish or Dennis Law or Billy McNeil or Jimmy Johnson. They're definitely not going to put Billy McNeil or Jimmy Johnson. Aye, I'll, I'll tell you that's that enough. Um, but do you know what I mean? That like, Stuart Robertson. Correct to tag him a twenty million pound player. It's, it's the fact that at the end of that particular quote, he then says, "At least, um, it, like they it, must, they must, right." So this this article must be written with, like he he, he can't believe this. I think he's doing it to get a reaction, a from a positive reaction from the Rangers fans, and b a negative reaction so that people will click on it. And I saw it as well. I didn't go. I didn't click the link. I just saw it on the huddle board as well. I think Barry Gallagher put it in our, our um, yes chat. So I've not clicked on it, and I'm not go- not going to no. click on it. But like, how, like the, he, Gary Ralston clearly has written this article to get a reaction. I mean, if he has, then fair play because it's, it's getting one. <laughs> However, you're also putting your name to something which is complete and utter trite. I mean. Um, 
my, my favourite, if, if I may, my favourite line from it no problem. was, um, there's more to the 23-year-old than a skill and a well-clipped shot back in sides. It's really just an odd observation to make. Now, he has form. Graham, I'm sure, has covered Gary Ralston oh. in, uh, in, in peak football, if, if that wasn't quite before. Um, Aberdeen Banner. But I, I reckon my take on this, I think this was... I think this was written, smeared and shit and handed into sub-editor. Jesus. Um, and it has not been amended one bit. So, you know, if they're looking for clicks of the daily record, then fair play to them because they'll probably get plenty off this. Yeah, but it's, it's worth a read, you know. Sit down, get yourself some cheese and a wee glass of port left over from Christmas. Vegan cheese. Oh, sorry. Well, get yourself some real cheese because, you know, vegan cheese isn't very good, but... I mean, if you sit and read this. You had. Uh, yeah, no, and listen, you know, I think this is something we might actually... Obviously, we've got the game tomorrow. We've got the reaction. Oh, we'll have some drinks. Um, we'll be doing the agenda. The last agenda of the year will be on Monday. And we'll probably... There is no peak football, but, but we might kind of... That's why we're able to cover this as well. And I just think Grace Graham's yeah. listening. I'm not cutting your grass here. No, not at all. This is just too good not yeah. to cover. Too good. Um, yeah. Listen, this has been great, Alan. Um, what's your predictions for tomorrow? You know, I love doing predictions. He doesn't. I fucking hate predictions. I think we'll win 2 nothing, and I think we'll score in either half. I think that Ryan Christie will score the first and Odson Edward will grab the second. Lovely. And I think I think we'll play well. I think we'll play really well. And I think oh, it's going to be good. Yeah. And we're going to have loads, Celtic. Of, oh, oh, Celtic. loads of beers oh, before oh. and after. And it's just, aye, let's just do it. Celtic. Oh, 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 Celtic. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think we're going to come out the traps really... Part of me thinks it'll be like 2-0 and then there's part of me that thinks it'll be 5-0. Like, I, I think that we are ready to fucking show them that Glasgow is green and white and to uh, smear their mothers and shit. Can, <laughs> is that what you said? <laughs> can we outro this to let's get ready to rumble? Uh, absolutely not. No, oh, that's a shame. Alan Edgar, it's been a pleasure. Yes, it has been. I'm Chris Gallagher and this has been The Preview.